When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, my name is Chris Lambert and on this channel we talk Kanye West and I made a video doing a overview of what this image is, where it comes from, uh, but I wanted to do another video where we actually watched uh, the short film, The Ravishing of Frankenstein and talk about it in more detail and just kind of see, uh, I don't know, go full film school <laughs> and look at the themes, the, the subtext, the context of what we're picking up and how it might apply uh, to Kanye or why he might be interested in it. So without further ado, let's get into it. So we start with just a countdown, you know, some title credits. Uh, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, The Ravishing of Frankenstein. So the first thing to just kind of notice is that it's not Frankenstein, it's Frank and Stein. So clearly a play on the name. So that's something to pay attention to and keep in mind. Because on the one hand, you could read it as just like a cute uh, reference to the monster character, uh, which is actually Dr. Frankenstein. The monster is Frankenstein's monster. But popularly, so many people have just referred to the monster as Frankenstein, <laughs> even though not its name, uh, but the ravishing of Frankenstein. So we open with just some strange lights, which we'll understand at the end of the movie. So I guess I'm just going to spoil this because I'm assuming other people have watched it already. But when you get to the end of the movie, you realize you're in the perspective of Frankenstein's monster this whole time, who we'll just refer to as Frankenstein for ease of reference. But this would then be the beginnings of consciousness. Uh, famously, the story of Frankenstein is that Dr. Frankenstein has this... Uh, reconstructed dead person on a table and uses a lightning strike to bring life to this monster. So the Frankenstein monster is something that awakens from the dead, comes back to life, and essentially starts learning uh, how to be a person uh, over time, developing reading and writing abilities, leaving Frankenstein and going off into the world, kind of scaring people, and <laughs> you kind of just hear the journey that the monster goes on. So I would imagine that these opening bits that are very abstract and not necessarily grounded in any kind of uh, who, what, when, why, how, it's actually the beginning of the monster's consciousness. So this is it kind of waking up. This is the start of the brain activity. This is the start of vision. So that's what uh, just this nothingness kind of <laughs> represents. So we see this going on for a little bit. And you can see the start of some like perspectives in here, right? Like it initially just looks like a bunch of nothingness, but over time you can start to see some flickering of things. Um, great, are those starting to look like leaves birds clouds skulls like faces you're definitely starting to see some faces in there um a hallway a woman like a shattered 
glass tube and then this as well which seems like something else that's broken and then it starts to resolve right these shapes gain form they gain specificity there starts to be uh, like foreground middle ground background and then we realize we're in the laboratory so this is frankenstein's monster waking up in the laboratory um with no dr frankenstein about but you go from kind of this awakening into the room to now movements. That was good timing on my part. <laughs> um, so you can kind of see something in the reflection there. Not much, but it's changing over time. And this is what made uh, the creator of this is uh, George Schwizable. I can't say his name. He's a Swiss um, uh, artist and filmmaker who does these great illustrations on glass. So we're just going through these empty rooms right now, and this will be symbolic once again of Frankenstein's consciousness and sense of the world. So as we see in the novel that Frankenstein develops over time, uh, the same thing is happening here, but it's being shown in this very visual way when we start with these empty rooms. And what we eventually come to is that this is all in Frankenstein's head. So this does feel very much like a way of showing what is in Frankenstein's head. So it's these empty rooms, these very abstract rooms, getting this sense of space. Uh, it's just like blueprints, it's kind of deconstructing the actual like, film layers and you take a right turn and go back into reality. So it goes from something that's much more abstract to something that's much more grounded. And you kind of get this numbering gate showing that we are in the perspective of someone walking. It's not just like a now there's a window, there's another cubby hole here with something in it, uh, but it looks like just a recess space, right? There's nothing on the other side, but when we get to this third version of this room, with the window here, it actually gains depth, you can see through it. So we're starting to see the development of more three dimensions, object awareness, there's now blue out the window on the right side there continues the lumber, and now we see a vague form that could be blocks and cylinders, but also looks like legs and body and an abstract person. And now we go down. And I think each staircase kind of represents almost like a uh, like more depth being gained or a leveling up of perspective. So we're going to see more colors, we're going to see more details start to emerge as Frankenstein continues marching towards uh, this idea of awareness. So it's all external, which is another thing to keep in mind. And now you're seeing more an emphasis on people, right? First, just the figure that we saw in the corner before going down the staircase. Now you have these like abstract blocks, or not abstract blocks, but just generic blocks but this concept of a person in the window. And previously, it was the block that was in the window. So now we're going to get to another room where there's now depth to this, right? It's no longer just a recess, but a window into another room. And now one of the blocks is a person, but a vague form of a person, more of a mannequin. And it goes from something that's a little more feminine, potentially, to a more masculine on the other side. And now we can see the colors are starting to come in. And 
there's a chair, right? Something sitting, we see the mountains in the background. So now there's kind of a, a concept or idea of nature, of grandeur. And this is the same person we saw in the corner. There's another sense of like an external place that's not just this hallway starting to creep in. And now the person in the corner looks way more like a person. And you can start to get up which is the first motion that we've seen. And of course that motion uh, is right before the steps to more depth. The same way that we saw the person in the corner uh, before we went down the level and now see more people emerging, we're now going to start to see more motion from those people. So again, just this evolving over time. And what this really symbolizes is just the developing consciousness of Frankenstein. Uh, you can see that the people now have arms and for a moment they gain more details. You can start to see kind of like facial features. You can almost see them moving at times. There's a little bit of a, a jerking motion. So very abstract, very abstract, very abstract. For just a second, you can kind of see like eyes appear, like a little bit of a nose. Still very sketched, but it's showing. Let me get this. Another room. Darkness. Yeah, you see that she was wearing a dress for a second. We saw like the people are almost naked for a second as well, so the form is developing. Yeah, somebody else walking. Get the room returns, and now we get a hallway, which actually looks very much like Kanye's, like the hallway in Kanye's home, which I may just, do I want to bring up a picture of that real fast? Uh, hallway, right, wait, hallway Kanye house. Yeah, okay. Uh, why do you have to be uh, I can't just find like the simple photo it has to take me to the website okay yeah uh, bear with me <laughs> the website is being annoying okay scroll down oh just show me the photo open image a new tab okay this isn't even gonna be worth it is it okay so This is the hallway in Kanye's house. So you can see what that looks like, and then you can see what that looks like. Which I don't, I'm not sure when Kanye first saw this, and I don't think he's basing the hallway on this, but it's just funny that there's kind of a, a striking visual similarity between the two. Anyway, so you can see a person inside there. So people were kind of outside the rooms, the environment has started to take on more dimensions, and now we see a face, another face, the outside world, this idea of going on a ship there's travel and now the people gain like a ton of dimension you're seeing facial features you're seeing outfits you're seeing hair but you notice that the people are all the same like the woman is almost is the exact same in every uh, time that we see her even though the guy is still a little vague but now that starts to change clearly the guy is frankenstein and then the woman is the bride of frankenstein which is one of the secret movies uh, <laughs> And they're destined to be there, right? It's Frankenstein, the bride of Frankenstein. It's the male monster and the female monster. They'll end up in love, right? And go through this room, so there's more of them, more of them. He's becoming more aware of himself, but from kind of like an external idea and more aware of person or, or, as somebody in his life. 
so we get into one last room, it starts to abstract again like it was earlier, and then we'll finally get to the And now we're starting to see more motion, which we haven't seen that kind of turning motion that they did before. And now as he goes down the stairs, and remember the stairs each time are representing like an added layer of intelligence or awareness. So this is important that we're going down another level. And you can see that the face, like the, the element morphs to his face. So it went from the room that he's walking into and you can see, like right here, that becomes the eyes, it becomes the mouth, the nose, the head, which is kind of this cool switch. But that also means that the camera for the first time is external. So there's this awareness of self coming from outside of himself for the first time. And why is that? Because he looks and sees, grinning, uh, the Bride of Frankenstein. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. So you can see, even see him coming down the stairs, coming to the Bride of Frankenstein. So it's almost like when he sees her and recognizes her in this way, he can see himself through her. There's something to that, which gets into like a lot of psychology, right? We always have this idea of who we are, but that idea of who we are is challenged when you walk up to a group of strangers, right? And you become self-aware of the fact that they're going to see you. How are they going to judge you? Uh, the gaze of someone else upon you stirs up a lot of emotions and is important <laughs> uh, in a lot of ways because we're s always so internal. It can be hard to get outside of ourselves to really get an idea of ourselves from somebody else. So socializing with people that you know, with strangers can often be really important to the idea of development and self-awareness because it gives you a perspective of self that you might not ever get if you're completely I accidentally stopped the recording rather than replaying this uh okay this is the first video that I've ever had to edit together then all right so that was a cut so <laughs> uh, just by getting outside of yourself it can be a very important lesson and that's what happens here it kind of builds up from this internal state of being to an external uh, awareness and you see Bride of Frankenstein looking at him he goes to grab her excited and she screams and his face just drops. Like, what's it mean that you see this person and their reaction to you when you're so happy to see them is to scream. And it's not just a random person screaming because they've seen a monster. It's another monster. And it's a monster that's known as the Bride of Frankenstein. So just how painful must that be to encounter something like that? And his face is just completely stone cold. And then we zoom out and it's a movie theater and you realize this is on a movie screen, which then adds a whole other dimension to it because we went from being inside of this Frankenstein character, uh, seeing him gain consciousness over the course of this journey to now having the external point of view of the Bride of Frankenstein screaming at him and now jumping back to uh, the audience that is watching him. So it becomes something that went from us being aligned with Frankenstein, to us now the voyeur of Frankenstein, to us being very much the audience watching a work of art. So there's now separation between us and Frankenstein in a way that there wasn't in the first seven minutes of this short film, but starts to get into the idea of 
uh, theory of mind and connection through cinema and really how art can put us in the mind of someone else, which is really cool. And then you see the actual film reel <laughs> and just kind of uh, going and then it fades to black and we get Finn. So it's really, I think, I mean, conceptual. It's very conceptual and heady, but I also think it's very moving. And the main question then is, <laughs> uh, with all that said, how does this apply to Kanye and where Kanye's at? Right. Um, and we won't we won't really have any answers to that until we see the Chicago listening party and can start to, excuse me, make deeper connections between what we see there and maybe applications of this. It might be that we see the Chicago listening party and there's just nothing that we can connect to Kanye and we're just kind of at a loss. But it's also possible when you go back to Kanye's Instagram and you look that he has already this photo of him in this space. And it looks like he's kind of walking through this dark and empty space, uh, which just makes me think that he's kind of in some ways channeling <laughs> this already. Uh, and we'll see if he kind of follows up with that idea. The other major takeaway, not just the idea of gaining consciousness, uh, the other main themes of that story are uh, this Bride of Frankenstein rejecting Frankenstein. And we know that on the album specifically, Kanye talks about losing his family. Uh, he talks about his divorce from Kim. So there might be something to the idea of Kanye going through all of this stuff only to lose you know, his bride uh, and kind of capturing that. There's also something to the idea of Frankenstein being uh, dead and brought back to life and how you want to start applying that. Do you want to apply it to Kanye uh, and Kanye, you know, kind of coming back to life in the wake of his divorce is this starting a new chapter in his life after being married and now going back to single yay. And he sees himself as kind of resurrected in a sense, but also kind of a, a monster and <laughs> um, does it apply to the album being called Donda and him thinking about his mom? I don't, that seems like kind of the most of a stretch. I don't think he's trying to like bring his mom back to life or anything like that. Um, so I'd, I'd keep it more, my theory right now would be more focused on him and the idea of how he sees himself in this album being kind of a, a reflection of self. But We'll see. Once we hear the final version of the album, can we go back to this? Maybe there's a reference and a lyric that we'll go back to, but uh, it definitely seems to at least ground us in this idea that Kanye is in a very self-reflective place. And I think if it was not the build-up to the album, because I feel like this is kind of a mood board for Kanye, if it's any other time, I'd just be like, Kanye's interested in art and he's interested in identity, so i just leave it at that. But that he's kind of setting the tone for the album i would imagine that this has some kind of application to what we'll be seeing in chicago or where kanye is currently at with the album and what he's thinking about the tone and themes that are going on there so uh that's it for this video i'm going to go stitch this together with the other one and for the first time put out an edited video so we'll see how that goes wish me luck <laughs> uh but if you're enjoying the channel and you want to support us the easiest way is to like comment subscribe uh that any of that tells youtube this is a channel people enjoy so then they show it to others which goes a long way in supporting us uh we also have memberships on youtube which you know if you want to throw 
$2 a month at us. That's much appreciated as well, but unnecessary, but much appreciated. Uh, and we have our podcast, Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. So any of those things. Until next time, stay wavy and keep it loopy. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.